Welcome to the Mega Man's Podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This will be episode 118 of Beer Talks 39, and this is part A of Women That Love Craft Beer. Uh, right now, I'm in the city of Torrance. I mean, back in the day when I used to live in Torrance, uh, it brings back memories. I mean, I used to go to this Christian school called Pacifica Christian School. It's on Western, on Harbor City. Uh, just bringing back memories, man, and everything. And uh, today's guest I have, I mean, well-known. I mean, I always talk about Liberation as one of my, probably one of my top three uh, breweries of all time I love going to. Um, I met her. Shout-outs to Eric and Dan. Uh, today's guest I have, uh, Genevieve. What's up, girl? Hello. And uh, where's, what's the brewery that you're at now? I'm at Simix Brewing currently. And that's in Gardena, right? Yes, it is. And, uh, I, man, it's, it's, it's a good brewery. I've been hearing good things off air. And uh, I still kind of, in a way, this is me. I kind of miss you at Liberation. You know, like, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing decorations. There was one time they had you on a... Uh, it was on a hashtag, uh, Craft Beers of Long Beach, uh, shouts to Daniel. You were trying to get into the, to make beers, you know? And someone, ta- someone put a hashtag of Liberation Brewery. It's like, oh, hey, that's her. Yeah, I, I used to help Eric in the brew house, um, doing a little bit of like light Solomon work and mm-hmm. washing kegs, helping him on his brew days. Mm-hmm. And that was a fantastic mm-hmm. opportunity for me to learn a little bit more about the process and uh we even made my first homebrew together uh me really? and danny yeah mm-hmm. what was what kind of beer did you guys make um we made a harris to burgundy which uh-huh. is a, a kettle sour flanders red ale really um, belgian yeast yeah it, it came out actually pretty good it's, it was like a, it's kind of more of a like you say like a sour like a sour beer or kind of mixtures of a sour so it is technically a kettle sour but um it this particular version of it is not too tart it's just kind of like subtle uh-huh. um i had never had any other um beer it was that specific style before so yes. i was making it blind essentially not knowing what it was supposed to taste like <laughs> and uh it wasn't until i went to the fourth horseman that um they happened to have one in a can there really which was, yeah i know and um i tried it and the comparison was shockingly not too far off i, I was really impressed that mine was closer than i even thought it might have been mm-hmm. but um it was it was a really fun experience, and uh, both Dan and Eric, you know, supervised to make sure that I didn't do anything drastically wrong. And mm-hmm. um, I, I made my own beer labels for it that I designed. I actually have a bottle here um, on the shelf over there. Okay. And I have one bottle left of my homebrew. Uh huh. I'm saving it. You're saving it. Is, yeah. is it still good still to simmer, or is it in a bottle, or just in a can, or? I bottled. Really? So yeah. I think in a way with beers, um, is it better to buy a can or just buy bottles? So, you know, like Bottle Logic or Brewery to and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm trying to go. I'm into the stouts right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like the chocolate stouts, coconut stouts, like the holidays. You know, like. Um, the best uh, stout I ever had was from 10 Miles of Sars, that Russian one, that Russian stout one. I think it was like a 13.2 or the barley wine. So I want to go that route, just focus on just bottles and stuff because those last longer. Yeah, I like that you can age in the bottles. That's mm-hmm. definitely the appeal, especially with the higher ABV beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still have a couple of uh, beers that I'm saving there from Smog City and from uh, back in the day when Andy Black was um, bottling his first couple of beers at Yorkshire. 
Um, so those I am saving for special occasions. Damn, man. I mean, uh, I know um, having you on to me, um, it's an honor. Um, we're gonna, we're kicking it off uh, for 2020, but getting to know you and uh, you know seeing you from time to time at Liberation uh, Home. That's to me. That's uh, what I know you as as his family to me at Liberation. How was it working with Dan, uh, Eric, and the guys, and uh, rest in peace, uh, Justin, you know? Uh, I loved working with all of them. Uh, I love Danny and Eric very dearly. Um, mm-hmm. While I was there, every day, even if I was having a bad day, they would always make me smile. They, they knew me so well, and they, mm-hmm. t- they took care of me. Um, working with Justin, I... I never knew what to expect. We all didn't really know what what place he was going to have. Yes. But in the time we knew him, he was one of the the sweetest, most kind people that I've ever met. And kind of very fond memories of the the time that we spent together and mm-hmm. even when he was giving me a hard time for little things like making him organize the games, you know. Yeah. He he was such a such a great guy. Mm-hmm. And um you know, I, I I feel like I'm never going to meet somebody that's just quite as wonderful as him. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really wish that I got more time to get to know him. Yeah. Um, I met him a couple of times and also he was also brewing at events. You know, you know, if it was at uh, LA Aleworks, the event, or if it's at the Lo- Crafters of Long Beach events or whatever, he was just showing that love and showing that like, hey, what's up, guys, you know, and everything. I told you the story off air, uh, you know, where he just gave us some food and it's like, hey, here's some sodas for the kids. It's like, it's on me, bro. It's like, it's all love. Like, he was all about love and living life, you know, unity in Long Beach and stuff like that. And, uh, you know... For for you and I, you know, you worked with Liberation and me going to Liberation, you know, is just, you know, having a loved one not there no more. It's just, it sucks, you know, it's just, but um, we still go show support, you know, and uh, when they had Day of the Dead, you know, they put the picture up of Justin. I think it was, everything was an honor. It was kind of emotional. And a lot of people be like, you know, Mega Man, why are you crying? You know, do you know that person? But yeah, it's family. You know, it's it sucks, but that's how it is. It's it's all family in that city of Pixby Nose or Long Beach. It's all. I mean, I've been going to Liberation not like the first day, but two weeks after when it opened, I was going and going and going and out uh, uh, Liberation and uh, will forever be in my heart and stuff like that. But I know with that, you moving on with your new position. Yeah, the new brewery in Gardena. How's that been going on? It's it's different from Liberation, right? Yeah, it is a it's a very different environment, mm-hmm. and um, my main reason for going to the mix was that I really wanted to push myself to see what I can do. Yes. Um, you know, at, at Liberation, I had a really strong team with yes. the owners, so there there wasn't a lot of need for me to do um, very much, and. I, although that was very nice and easy, I just wanted more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. So going to Zimix, it really did offer a bigger challenge. I managed to learn about every facet of running a brewery, you know, from the the admin to you know the front of the house. I, I got to learn a little bit about how Robert Bruce's beer, and I learned that I can 
do pretty amazing things with graphic design. Um, I think a lot of people be kind of shocked, like, what? Genevieve knows how to do graphic design. It's like, I should have came with you with, for my Megan's podcast design, you know? Man, next time, I'll, let me write note on that. Genevieve, okay. Yeah, well, I, I, do, um, I, I do want to start offering that um, as a service to anybody who, who needs it. Um, I have a few friends that, you know, are just starting out with brand new businesses, and I've offered to them to make them logos and help them develop their brand. Uh, uh, most of my experience it has been working with small businesses throughout my life. Mm-hmm. So I know the first couple of steps um, that it takes to get started, and a lot of that is branding. Mm-hmm. So I use this, the knowledge that I have to help develop other people's brands. And that was one of the biggest things that I was doing at Zenix was helping them develop their brand so that they have an identity. Because when I first got the offer to go there, I was telling people, oh, I'm going to Zenix. And they're like, where? And I was like, oh, well, you know, the brewery in Gardena next to, you know, State and LA Works, Common Space. And they're like, there's no brewery there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, I knew that I had a lot of work cut out for me to help them get their name out there. So I spent the last couple of months really working hard to develop a impressive brand identity, getting stickers made, you know, gift cards, working on doing a line of merch. Um, I, I designed with the help of other artists. Um, our crawler can mm-hmm. which is available in the tap room and um i was i'm working on designing a couple different beer labels uh for future can releases dan you have your work cut out for you um to me the stuff that you're telling me man I, you're more like a renaissance you know you can do everything you're just like well i can do this i can do that i mean it's it, it's it's very I like it. It's very impressing. Like you're doing that, you know. And I'm just surprised that there should be other big breweries out there. Like, whoa, we got something here. It's like this is like a diamond in the rough, you know. And I mean, I I didn't know all this stuff when you were at Liberation. I didn't know you're over here and you have your work cut out. Like, man, you're doing this and all that. I mean, that, that's that's awesome. You know, like, how do you come up with the designs of, I like this design for this, or if, if, is it because whatever type of beer that they have, like, I think I have a design for that, for that kind, or make like a cool picture where it stands out, or, you know, how does that work and stuff? Well, it definitely is something that I work with with the brewer, mm-hmm. so, um, and, and then I have had help from other artists, uh, inspiration that I've, I've used, um, and uh with Robert, he really likes coming up with unique beer names, mm-hmm. and he usually has a really good sense of what he wants it to be portrayed as. Mm-hmm. So um, the designs that I am working on are uh, a collaboration of him and I's creative uh, ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, I I work really well if people tell me, okay, this is what I want. Can you make mm-hmm. it happen? Mm-hmm. You know, like um, with you and him have your creation uh, going back, like how, like Dan always had that. He was always been a big fan of Twin Peaks, and he had those. Like, did you make designs like that too with Liberation? Like the designs of how you want this beer to be and, and what's it about and everything. And with the picture, it stands out. Um. So Danny handled all of the um, graphic design for 
liberation. Yes. Um, he, I am capable of doing it. I've done it for previous jobs, but mm-hmm. that position was being taken care of by gotcha. him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I did get to name some beers and, you know, help, like, you know, give my two cents about different things. Yes. But overall, you know, that was his baby. Mm-hmm. But uh, with your new brewery now, that now you have the freedom to be like, okay, now this is my time. This is what I, how your vision is with the new owners of the brewery in Gardena. Um, how's that been like, you know, with all the challenges and everything? It's like, I mean, even like you even handle the social media too? Yeah. So um, I, I've been doing the social media for them and we've been trying different things to to you know, see how people react, and uh-huh. um, so far it's been really fun. There's mm-hmm. a couple of uh, programs that make it a lot easier to, mm-hmm. to maintain all of it, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like Canva in particular, a uh, mm-hmm. huge help when it comes to doing social media. What's that right there? Uh, Canva is um, a program, it's, it's online, mm-hmm. and it, you can pay for it or not, and you essentially can make all of your social media posts through it. So it has like stickers you can use that like move and backgrounds and you know clip art and different fonts. So it, it, you can slap a post together that really stands out in maybe twenty minutes. Really? Mm-hmm. I have to look that up. I want to take my social media to the next level with, with me doing a podcast. Like, how am how am I going to make this podcast stand out to get that recognition all over the world and stuff like that. You yeah, know? it's really helpful, um, especially since you can make moving images mm-hmm. on it, and uh, those really help stand out too. Whenever mm-hmm. I do a post that has something moving in it, people mm-hmm. tend to like it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we've also learned that people respond best to seeing pictures of yes. uh, you know the staff or you know of people enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we try to incorporate a little bit of both into mm-hmm. it, just to kind of you know give it balance Mm -hmm. and um, it's a great media for us to be able to advertise for any upcoming events that we're going to do or anything we're interested in Mm -hmm. uh, in in letting the customers know about and like when we do beer releases we always make a post about it Mm -hmm. that's awesome i mean good things good things but uh i want to get more into you know i want a lot of uh a lot of my podcast listeners a lot of the brewery people, the craft beer, like everyone's going to be listening around the world. Um, I have a lot of audience in the craft beer game that um, they're from England. I got some people from Iceland, Sweden, Australia. I have a huge following in South Africa. Uh, I don't know what's going on over there. And even New Zealand, you know, a lot of people are trying to get their New Zealand beers. They're popping up with all these beer farms and everything. But I want a lot of a lot of them to get to know uh, what Genevieve is all about. So uh, where did you grow up at? Where were you born at? So I was born um, by Hillcrest in uh, San Diego. Uh-huh. Most of my life I've spent down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, for my teenager years, I lived in Idlewild, which is a small town with less than 5,000 people in Riverside County. Oh, damn. The mountains. <laughs> so, uh, you know, plenty of trouble to get up to up there. But, uh, you know, overall... Um, I I love San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fantastic city, and you know I, having been there for most of my life, I felt the need that to go to LA so that I could explore something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get a little bit bigger city vibe going on. Mm-hmm. But you know, part of the reason why I'm in Torrance is because it it very much is a similar vibe to San Diego. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's um so. 
North County, San Diego is a lot like this South Bay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's still like major freeways. There's still, you know, like a lot of population, but everybody knows everybody. And it's all, you know, like 20 minutes away from each other. So Mm -hmm. you, and it's all still very green and beautiful. Torrance is a fantastic city. It's safe. I have two parks next to where I live. I'm in Old Town Torrance, which is fantastic. Anything I could possibly want is nearby. And one of the biggest malls in the country is right here in Torrance. Oh, I'm a mall. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, I used to go here back in the day when I was little. My mom, um, well, when you go to the, was it Crenshaw Boulevard where the Llama Mall is on the other side? Um, they, back in the day, it used to be a Toys R Us store. And my mom used to work at Mervyn's. Yeah, back and now they they tore it down and everything. And I used to go with my mom to my work, you know, and everything. I used to cry because when I was little, I always wanted that Teddy Ruxpin <laughs> at Toys R Us. And my mom would just like, I would never, I would just run. Like I would bite my mom's hand as I'd take off running to Toys R Us. And I would just want to stay in there and hide. And I was uh, toys, you know. And you go to the Lama Mall, you go to the movie theater. Not the one they have now, but back in the day. I think it was like United Aristide, the old movie theaters. And going to the malls and Torrance, because I used to go to school over here at Harbor City. Um, at, right here in Western Pacifica Christian School. Uh, and we used to live in uh, Wilmington. And then we moved to Carson and everything. And it's just, it was a different environment. You know, it's like, oh, wow, look at those. The first thing I noticed about Torrance, parking. (laughs) There's a lot of parking, you know, and it's just everything's scattered. But there's a lot of mom and pop places, a lot of good places to go eat. And you're like, by Carson, you're over there by by Redondo, you're over here by San Pedro or Wilmington. It's like like how you say, like San Diego. Now it does make sense because when I went to San Diego a couple of times, it has that San Diego feel. Yeah, that's definitely the draw. You know, when I first moved to L.A., Uh I looked all over the county to see what city I liked best. Mm -hmm. And I researched which ones had different uh, crime rates because, you know, in San Diego, everybody's like, you know, oh, don't move to L.A., it's dangerous, the the traffic's Mm -hmm. bad. But to be honest, the traffic's pretty similar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you pick the right area, then it's Mm -hmm. great. It's a nice area. Um, I was telling you, I've always... I'm looking for a place to to move, you know. I mean, I, I want to move to Downey. That's like they ever consider Downey as the Mexican Beverly Hills because, you know, everyone's all over there. You know, it's the, the new city to pop up now, all these small businesses and all that. But I just want to move somewhere. I want It's kind of by Long Beach, you know. I mean, Torrance is a good area to live. I used to live in Carson, but um, good, good school system, you know, high school and everything. And it's, it's just, it's open, you know, it's just, it's very, very open. I was like, okay, I could walk around to the park and this and everything. But that's something maybe down the road and stuff like that. But Torrance is a good area to live at. I think you picked a good place. Yeah, I, I feel like this, this area was something that, you know, I, I feel comfortable walking down the street. You know, mm-hmm. I go for walks in, in the um, Wilson Park just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And my nephews go to school walking distance. And, you know, they like my uh, younger nephew, he's going to school right down the street from me. Oh, Sam. Yeah, so he has to walk by the apartment, you know, to get to school every day. (laughs) Oh, right, this side. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so, uh, you know, every once in a while, um, you know, I'll I'll see them and walk them home from school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's really nice to know that if I want to just kind of, you know, have a nice stroll, then I can. Mm -hmm. And if I want to have people to come over and hang out, there's plenty of parking, like you said, and it's, 
Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's worried about anything happening to them. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it. And the, the city has been very um, responsive to, you know, any questions I have or, you know, any concerns. They've always taken care of me really well, uh, which mm-hmm. gives me even more inspiration to want to stay in Torrance. Yeah, stay here. I think it's more comfortable. Um, how long have you been living here in LA now? A few years. Oh, okay. I thought it was just maybe for a couple years, like maybe. Okay, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, just just like a, I think I'm coming up on three, three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. So it it's been fantastic since. Um, you know, my San Diego friends have have asked me many times. They're like, okay, well, are you done yet? Are you coming back? Are you sick of LA? And I'm like. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not sick of LA. I like it here. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like, especially since I'm in the beer industry, I I don't want to be in the beer industry in San Diego so much because it's oversaturated. Four or five hundred beers. Um, I have a lot of people who, who live over there and say, Megan, if you come down, what breweries do you want to hit up? So what do you mean? You want to hit up north, northeast, <laughs> south? East, West, it's like, what do you mean? There's radius of beers. We can't do all the beers. There's just like, just too much. Either we could just pick a certain section and that's it. And the next day we'll pick another section. It's ugh, it's like, oh my God, this is too much. Yeah, I, I experienced that a lot. I mean, when I first was getting interested in craft beer, that was the area that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was in North County. I lived in Escondido, mm-hmm. um, a little bit in Oceanside too, uh, but uh, mostly Escondido. So I had um, a ton of great breweries right next to me, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it Stone Brewing mm-hmm. right there and uh, Lost Abbey right there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Mother Earth right there. Oh. Yeah. So um, I definitely was spoiled, I guess you could say. Too uh, spoiled, like a silver spoon, like like you have the freaking craft beer gods by you. Yeah, well, and, and this was like when they were just starting starting to get popular, oh too. Oh, my God. So, you know, I, I would constantly, you know, be getting their beer put in front of me, and I didn't know what I had. I didn't know anything about craft beer at the time, so I didn't, I don't know if I appreciated it enough. You know, uh-huh. I, I had, there was times where, um, people were doing Last Abbey beer tastings with like all of their limited release bottles and I got to try some and I was just like, okay, cool, whatever. And then now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I save the bottle or like, you know, appreciate it more? Do people look like, well, at the time when you didn't know about craft beers, when you went to these and like, okay, whatever, did people ever look at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you just don't like it. Like, like they, cause you're a newbie, you don't know. You know, like you had that that taste bud, you know, it wasn't it wasn't blend in yet. You know, uh, well, the thing about San Diego is most people don't know anything about about it. A lot of the people who are going to these breweries are all just locals. So they, they all are on the same page of like, OK, well, what, what am I supposed to think about this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's a lot less of, of that I encountered of people who are beer snobs down in San Diego. It, a lot of the people down there are just kind of looking to hang out and have a beer on their way home from work or mm. you know they're, they're not really there to try and do anything it's it's the people from out of town that are going there that are the ones that are judging it the harshest mm-hmm. you know the locals are just like yeah whatever like I said for me I didn't appreciate it because it was right next door but mm-hmm. if I w- had never been to those places then I would think that they were a lot more impressive mm-hmm. But, um, you know, 
some of the, the really big benefits that I had was getting to try uh, Ballast Point's Sculpin before it was getting really heavily mass-produced. Mm-hmm. Um, they, got, they got bought out again yeah, by some, some brewery out in Chicago, who this guy who owns like a whole bunch of hotels. Yeah, it did. $87 million. Wow. That's a big hit. Like, it was a billion, and it's like, oh, I, I don't know what happened. Maybe the, because of the, the boycott with the Constellation brand, well, what's been going on. I mean, but to have a billion dollars that we're going to buy you out, but $87 million, I mean, those people who bought them the money, they can, those people who used to own Ballast Point, they could probably own, make another brewery again and start from scratch and all that stuff. But it's, when you hear things of, of what goes on in San Diego with ballast porn, stones, and all that, it's like we feel it. Like it all, everyone feels in the United States. Like everything's all centered right there for the West Coast. You know, like you're like in the melting pot right there. You know. Yeah, I definitely was lucky enough to try some of the beers before they started mass producing. Ugh. Um, and one time, this is like one of the the most impressive times. The first time I ever had Cascale was Sculpin on cask. What do you mean? The, I... the Sculpin IPA yes. on cask. What do you mean by cask? Like by like nitro? No, like Cascale, like like Yorkshire does. Oh. Yeah, so they actually had sold a cask to uh, this restaurant called Sublime in San Marcos that has a bunch of beer on top. And I didn't know what cask was at the time. So I just was like, oh, okay, well, that's different. Let me try that. I like Sculpin. And I tried it, and the explosion of flavor that I tasted from it was just mind-blowing. Scale from 1 to 10? Uh, 10. Definitely a 10. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's memory, but the complexity that was there was cascading. Like, you could taste one hop, and then the next hop, and then the next hop, and... At the time, you know, I was still learning about the about beer, so I didn't even know what to make of it. But mm-hmm. even now, I look back on that day and I remember just how I felt mm-hmm. when I tasted it, mm-hmm. and I've never been able to replicate that flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never had um, another IPA on cask since, and. Uh, you know, Sculpin's obviously changed their recipe a lot over the years. So, mm-hmm. eat when I have it in the bottle, it's just a shadow of, of what that taste was. I kind of, it kind of, it's, it's, this is funny. This is a funny little thing. It kind of feels like you date a guy, he's like the best lover, then you never meet him again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, where have you been? It's like, I mean, when is, is he ever going to come back? It felt like you just got ghost. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, I really wish that I could have you know, gone back every day until it was gone. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's okay. Keep it going. Uh, so, um, since then, the first time I had had cask after that was at Yorkshire. Yeah. And I was like, wow, just, now I'm kind of like thinking like, man, where can I, they don't make those anymore. Like, nope. not any, any breweries out in the Cali area or? Nope. That, I honestly think that that was like a one-off. Um, I've never heard of it since, and I know that if they tried to do it again, it wouldn't be the same. Dang, man. Yeah. That's, wow. <laughs> well, I'm, I have to look that up and see where I can find, but um, um, we're talking, and uh, I and I know we talk about beers. We're going to get to all the good stuff later. Um, I'll, 
you uh, what what college did you go to palomar college uh-huh that's like a fashion college um so it's a community college mm-hmm. in san marcos uh-huh. um but they have an excellent fashion program mm-hmm. a lot of uh the students there actually were people who um either went to fit and didn't feel it was a good fit or you know maybe you couldn't really afford to to go to a private college uh, but the education I received there from the teachers in the, um, in the fashion department was phenomenal. Uh, they, they really helped develop my abilities, and I really appreciate all that they did for me. Um, you know, my favorite teachers were uh, just very supportive of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, although it's not something that is my f- main focus in my career, it's still something that I feel has developed me as a person. And it's helped me have, you know, my own uh, side business that helps me, you know, make ends meet and keep my creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's fun, you know, mm-hmm. I'm good, and I'm good at it, I which know. is great. I always um always focus on focus on small businesses. I always want to do not these corporates or this whatever. It's just, I mean, I me living in Long Beach. I mean, focus on small business, you know, and all that. And if it comes to restaurants or like if you're making clothes or this or whatsoever, like I love that. I just love things that were made and not like, oh, I'm going to go buy it from Amazon. You know, I want stuff like a uh, this person, like if you made like a dress or something like you put all your passion and love to it to make this. And it just brings out like, wow, you know, it's just it's now everything's all corporate and stuff like that or Amazon. What do you think about that? Well, uh, I think that uh, I get a lot of people asking me to make them custom clothes, but mm-hmm. they don't really understand the amount of work that goes into it. Oh yeah. So you know, I'm I'm not I'm not like a factory in China. So if I make something, it's mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Like mm-hmm. I'm currently working on a costume for my dad for Saturday. Mm. It's a Viking costume, mm. making it from scratch, and uh, it's it's a huge undertaking. Um, but it's fun, and I really enjoy seeing what I can produce. Um, I've de- designed my own collection that I had in a fashion show for my last year at school. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I made a dress for Dapper Day from scratch that came out great. Mm-hmm. So every every so often, I'll make something, um, and I really like costuming. So most of my costumes are Wastelander themed. I have a I have a one of my past guests uh for Bear Talks, uh Julian Reyes from Mojo's Brewery, he's a home brewer. He goes to Renaissance. So Julian, if you hear this, you get you need to follow her if you want to f- make like a good Renaissance Vikings or or whatever like costume and shit like that. He likes to go to those. I want to go to one of those too, you know. They're fun. My uh my dad puts on renaissance fairs uh, in Idlewild, mm-hmm. and uh, he also does, uh, you know, steampunk festivals, and uh, this really? year, yeah, so uh, I come from a family uh, that does a lot of events, we used to do haunted houses when I was growing up as a kid, really, yeah, McGee go all out, just scare people, <laughs> oh, it's so fun, I love it, and I've, I have put on my own haunted houses, too, uh, when I worked at the country club, really, yeah, it, designing your own haunted house is such a fulfilling feeling, because you know, it's so much work, but at the end, you you get to see it all come together and hear all the, the you know the exciting things and 
you know, the best way of knowing that you did a good job on a haunted house is hearing the screams. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, okay, then you have all your friends. Okay, you right there. Why? Because that's a perfect corner where they go, bap, they scare you and this, whatever. And no, that's awesome. It's a good de-stressor, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you started screaming. But I have been uh, decked before in a haunted house. <laughs> really? Yeah. You got hit? I got hit once in a haunted house uh, from one one of the, the nicest ladies that I'd I'd met. She... I scared her because I got right up in her face and I was the zombie. And she just elbowed me in the face. Now, like, the the, the people who dress up at the at the Queen Mary, you know, start mm-hmm. scaring people, you know, like the Halloween, fe- what's it called? Uh, the I don't know where they have all the Halloween stuff at the Queen Mary, that oh, the yeah, ship, yeah. you know, that they go all out and start scaring you or not spray farm mm-hmm. and stuff. That's what, yeah, that's, I didn't know that. I mean, make events, you know, that's, okay, okay, I can see where you're at. Um... Uh, what kind of hobbies or um, when you're not working, like, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, well, I definitely watch a lot of TV. Um, you know, I, I say maybe a little too much sometimes. Netflix, Hulu, Disney uh, Plus? Oh, definitely Disney Plus. What do you think about Disney Plus now? Is like, you think that's a good thing? Um, I love it. It's mm-hmm. great. You know, a lot of those uh, shows and movies are things that I've been wanting to watch for a long time, but I haven't had access to. And the Mandalorian, I'm obsessed with right now. I'm on, I'm I'm on. Okay, I'm on episode five. You know, okay. I just again, I know I, I it passed where it got to the farm and everything, and Mandalorian's in there, and he's trying to save the village and stuff. I stopped right there. That's all I got to. Yeah, well, it's it's a great show. Um, Baby Yoda's taking over everything. Okay, that's the thing I want to talk about, Sarah. You know, uh, Baby Yoda is this where Baby Yoda was a baby, or this is after when Yoda died, or just that's where people are talking about. So it's definitely after. Um, so oh. the Mandalorian is taking place before the last Star Wars movie. So the episode that's going to air um, on Wednesday is actually going to be. Um, kind of tied into the movie release on Thursday. So best bet, I'm going to be going to the, you know, midnight release after work. Uh-huh. Okay, because I'm, I'm getting more because now with the Star Wars, they have all these different types of parts and scenes and stuff because I'm, I'm a big Marvel fan. And when they had everything, I had to go back and say, well, to understand all the Marvel movies, you have to watch Agent Carter to understand how the first Avenger started and all that stuff and seeing like okay the the process of all this and they're making more phases of Marvel like Black Widow and and everything and stuff like that so Disney's and with the Hawkeye you know he's making that one the low-key the Winter Soldier you know and stuff like that it's just Disney Plus is I think it was a perfect apps for me to get not only for me because I'm a hardcore Marvel but for the kids I love Star Wars and I like to listen watch the old movies like rookie, rookie of the year and heavyweights and and all that stuff. So I took off my Hulu and I just want Netflix and Disney Plus and ESPN. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm I'm just uh I'm I'm just doing like Netflix and Disney Plus mostly and Amazon Prime. I have, how's that one? Um, I mean, you get the streaming service with your regular Prime. Mm-hmm. So you know, although I have some dilemmas with you know using Amazon, I just haven't overcome my desire to keep it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I eventually would like to move away from using Amazon altogether, mm-hmm. but it's 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 a hard thing to break. There's, I wish, 
I just want to have that show, but not Amazon. Uh, the Men in the High Castle. I think it's called the High Castle. Men in the High Castle, where the story is. Um, this is after World War Two. We lost and had the Nazis, and and it was the United States occupied by Germany, but also by Japanese. Like a story. I wanted. I heard good things about that show. I just wanted to watch it and stuff like that. But I might just give it a, get it on give it on a this DVD instead and just have a little collection of it. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that show, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it, it, like I said, TV mm-hmm. is something that I love. Uh, it works because I can do a lot of my sewing with TV on in the background. Gotcha. So, you know, when I'm working on other things like... Do you I, listen to podcasts too? Uh, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I used to commute farther, I would definitely listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with a, um, if I'm going to go on a walk, I'll listen to podcasts or listen to books. Oh, like audio and stuff? Yeah, I really uh, like Audible books. Yeah, Audible books. Uh, I was hearing the Aubrey Marcus, the new book he had, talked about everything to kind of start over, start over your life and get your, your, your life back in order and stuff like that. I like inspiration books. I do too. I've listened to a couple of them that I really liked. Um, so it, it's a great way to kind of keep yourself motivated when you're going for a walk to listen mm-hmm. to self-help books mm-hmm. or, you know, inspirational books. I like, yeah, I like to, uh, feed off a lot of energy with a lot of info of reading books. I've been starting getting to, uh, reading, uh, last month and audio and podcasts and cause I don't watch that much TV like I used to and everything. I don't want to hear that fake news. I just want to hear just current stuff, you know, like books and, and understand and have an open mind to, understand different types of people and life and and their cultures and stuff like that that's what i always like to you know to get to know and stuff like that yeah yeah i've definitely i like to um involve myself in as much media as as i can you know be Mm -hmm. listening to books podcasts you know playing video games what about music do you like music what kind of music you like um, I, I like most genres. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of country. You look like, you look more like you listen to indie music. Uh, sometimes. I mean, I, I definitely have, I would say my music tastes have developed, uh, a lot better music taste mm-hmm. since working with the guys at Liberation. Mm. You know, having, uh, Eric playing all of his, his weird music as, you know, Danny and I would call Eric? it. Eric? Well, what kind of music he has? Um, <laughs> He he listens to a lot of music that is very um, like it. T- it kind of tells a story, you know, and it 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 really connects straight to your soul. So he he likes to listen to stuff that that it, it, I say it kind of like drowns everything else out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Danny, you know, he he likes to listen to a lot of um, like funky music, and you know. Uh, him and I had a lot of similar tastes where we'd like to listen to, you know, reggae sometimes. Mm-hmm. Definitely a big ska fan, uh, especially when I was a kid growing up listening to Real Big Fish. Yeah, how did it feel, like, knowing that Dan was in that group? It was like, <gasps> you know? At first, when I found out, I was totally starstruck, but I, I think I played it off well. Um, you know, my, my last day I had with Danny... Uh, we watched all of the the videos um, of him back in the day in his concerts and it was probably one of the best experiences of my life getting to just sit there with you know Dan Regan and and watch all of him you know back in his heyday doing all of his fun stuff and him telling me all the background of like oh yeah like right after we filmed this this happened or you know you know maybe he was like a little tired that day or, you know it was so it was so cool to be able to hear him talk about it and stories yeah and like you know getting to know 
all of their friends and family. They they really have some amazing friends and family that mm-hmm. are just fantastic people. Like I, I really love everyone that um, that they keep in their lives. That's awesome. I can't wait for the documentary to come out where uh, they did one with Ten Miles, but also with uh, with Liberation. I can't. I don't know when that documentary is going to come out. And they keep saying soon, yeah they keep on pushing but, it back pushing it back yeah i know that they want it to be perfect yes um you know I, i've met the the crew many yes. times yeah. and uh they they hyped it up a lot and mm-hmm. um you know i i really look forward to seeing it i've seen clips before yeah i've seen it too yeah it's so cute seeing danny and eric yeah. back in the day when that was the one where they show clips of it when you had your one-year anniversary where you're giving out your your bottles of saison yeah. i still have two bottles at the house Nice. I don't. I don't know if I want to touch it, but he's keep on waiting until it gets good. But I have two two bottles of that. I don't know if I want to open it. I just. That's a tough one. Yeah. It's a memory. I actually didn't get any bottles. Why? Um. Well, I I know that I was going to, and, and you were working. I, just, I was working, and I forgot, and time went by, and all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, are they gone? <laughs> I don't know. If I have time, if I, I'll give you mine. Oh, you don't have to yeah. do that. But right now, uh, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to drink a little tea right now. And uh, we'll be right back. All right, we're back on. Uh, we took a little tea break. And uh, Genevieve made this tea. I mean, it's, uh, it was a Twingies uh, English breakfast uh, decaffeinated. I like to have my tea a little warm, but it's just perfect. Um, now we're getting to the beer talks. Um, I want to say... We ha- I have two versions. What was your first beer, regular beer, and what was your first craft beer? So the first beer that I remember having was actually a Belgian beer. Uh, my older brothers lived in Europe and uh, particularly Germany. So when they came back, they brought some beer and let me have a sip. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I think I might actually like beer. And then, you know, years later, uh, you know, I dabbled in some of the less quality beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the first time that I really liked a craft beer was uh, Mother Earth's Calicreamen. Oh, my God. Yeah, back in the day when they used, like, the, the real vanilla. I just... Smaller batches. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not know that. Because, I, I mean, I tried the cans. I had it for Thanksgiving. I was like, there's something missing. This tastes different than the one I had a while back. And so I, I totally get it. Yeah. So with a lot of the, these big breweries that are mass producing, mm-hmm. the quality of ingredients changes. So, like, small breweries are usually using uh, really fresh ingredients, like fresh yeah. van- vanilla bean or, like, fresh cocoa nibs. But the bigger they get, the more that they rely on uh, extracts. And, you know, you know those uh, vanilla beans. Those are not cheap. Exactly. So Big time. Back when I first had Cali Creamin, it tasted like fresh vanilla. And it was super creamy and on nitro. And it was just... You like that? You like beers on nitro? I like beers on nitro. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, well, I liked nitro before I, I knew that it was uh, like cask. You know, I didn't realize that nitro was created to imitate cask. Ah, oh, thank, thank you for telling me that. Now, not strictly nothing but nitros now for these days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, N- okay, okay, it makes sense now to get that kind of sim- that similar taste. Well, the, the reason is, is that uh, most breweries and restaurants don't have a uh, beer engine to serve casks. So in order for uh, companies like Guinness 
to distribute their beer, they need to have a nitro system in place. Mm -hmm. And with nitro, you're just switching out the top handle and getting the nitrous gas on the side. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a lot easier and cheaper for them to adapt to have nitro and it can be rotated through to have different beers. Um, so it's more accessible. Mm -hmm. So that's why nitro exists is to allow people to have that cask experience, but anywhere. Dude, I, yeah, learn now. I'm understanding it now. There's always, I always want to learn something different in the craft beer industry and stuff. And I did not know about that. Now I know now. So like nitro's all the way. So <laughs> that's something. What was your first regular beer you ever had? Like, like a, like a Budweiser. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, I don't think I recall. I know that I, I did dabble with uh, um, some Naughty Ice when I was like my naughty early, ice. early 20s. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not proud of it. But, um, you know, there was that was kind of like what was trendy back in, in the, that day. And, you know, the occasional Mickeys. And... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of more thinking like I, I see you more of a Smirnoff or a Zima's. No, no, I, I mean, I, I really, at the time, I just kind of drank what was available. Yes. Because, you know, usually it was like at a party. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really keep much in my fridge until I started drinking craft beer. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I wasn't really interested in, um, in beer until I tasted craft beer. Yes. Because everything else was just, it didn't taste good to me. Mm -hmm. It tasted, you know, bad. Yeah. It's like... When you, I mean, I my first beer was an old English. Like, oh. my first, I was like, that's too much. But my first first craft beer was a arrogant bastard, not the regular, the party bottle. Oh wow! And that took me two days. Like, well, I don't have a cap to sail up to have all the pressure come out, so I had to find one, and that took me like three days to drink it. But I was like, whoa! And to to get that taste of that craft beer, it's like it went to a whole new level. You're going to all these dive bars, liquors, wines, whatever. But now I only strictly uh, drink nothing but craft beers. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, as soon as I discovered craft beer, I, I didn't really dabble much with anything else. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there, there's been times where I've got uh, like those uh, Budweiser Lamaritas when those first came out. Oh, yeah. I definitely like went on a kick and I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed about that, but... <laughs> You know, it was like, it was one of those things where yeah. like, you know, it's cheap, it's quick, easy, mm -hmm. and um, well before I was really into craft beer. Mm -hmm. So uh, after that, then it it became like eight oh five. I kept in my fridge a lot. You're working your way up. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Eight oh five was a big one. Um, you know, the Cali Creamin was the other one. So I could see my refrigerator like adapting to start to start carrying nicer and nicer beer. And by the time I moved away from San Diego, you know, my refrigerator was full of like a lot of really great beer. And uh, now it's it, it's kind of adapted to the point where um, I'm starting to collect beer. You know, when I see something that I really like, a nice bottle release, I'll stick it in the fridge and, you know, save it for a couple of years. So it, it's it's nice to see the progression. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely circled back around to, you know, loving Belgian beers again. Mm. Anytime I see one on tap, like I'm gonna have it. Yeah, I remember the story with uh, Monkish where they were the Henry wanted to focus on Belgian beers, and we're about this close to closing down Monkish, 
until now the whole hazies and everything and now it's just boom there's always a camera release boom 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 just it, like with all that stuff and uh um learning different types of beers out there you know like the beer game is always changing dramatically you know be um we i mean you get into the hazies now everyone's on to the hazy phase but now a lot of people are getting bored of it now everyone's going back to the west coast ipas the pilsners the brown ales the pale ales and stuff and now we have these things called white claws like the new seltzers and all that stuff you know um i didn't know city brewery makes hard seltzers now well so breweries can make them Mm -hmm. um it Pretty much it is allowed under the license for them to make it because it's still, you know, mm-hmm. under the malt beverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, most of the breweries are not really doing that because they, they're just not interested in it. You know, they don't want to have to, you know, set set aside equipment just for that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they, they don't want to accept that it's becoming part of the industry, mm-hmm. whatever their reasons are. Is it because maybe there's people who don't want to drink that beer because it will get me bloated and all but seltzer has that thing where if people are working out i can drink a seltzer you know and it goes right through and everything i mean everyone wants to be all fit and you know white claws and people tell me oh white claws white claws white claws mm-hmm. and i try to like get that shit out of here it, it doesn't really taste like much of anything yeah. like as a beer drinker i'd say you know i don't really associate it as as a beer drink you know, if if I want to have it, I'm going to have it when I'm thinking, you know, like I'm going to be on a boat or something. It's like a club like, soda to me. Yeah, exactly. Like if, you, if I'm mixing it with something or, you know, if I'm I'm out with like that certain type of people who want mm-hmm. to just drink it, like, sure, I'm not going to be too stuck up to have it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I definitely would prefer to have beer, like a nice beer if I could. What's, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your choice? Um, so right now I've pretty much exclusively been drinking, uh, the beer at Zemex. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really love Robert's beer. He's, uh, one of the best brewers in LA, in my opinion. And everything he gives me is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I've been, I haven't been unimpressed once. Really? No. It, he, like right now he's got, uh, my, the beer I'm obsessing over is his lager, the Hellstar. So he just put out an, um, He's got a new batch. Technically, it's not on tap yet, but it is, uh, um, I think at this point, 11 weeks lagering, and it is mind-blowing. I heard lagers are hard to make. They are, and they're especially hard to, you know, to mask anything. If there's an off flavor, you're going to know. Oh, and shit. you've put in all extra time because it takes like six weeks to make a lager. Fuck. Yeah, so you have to be sure that that lager is perfect. Um, and with Robert, he's mastered it. He really has mastered the lager. Where did Robert work before? Um, so he he was at State Brewing. Um, he was there for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and that's where I met him. Um, and then I know he was at Kinetic and Ohana. Um, and he used to work with Eric, so, um, the mm-hmm. two of them are friends, you know, it's all kind of tied together, mm-hmm. but, um, when I first met him, it was, uh, right before State's Taproom opened, mm. and, uh, the two of us became friends, and, you know, I'm so glad that I got to know him, because we really get along so well, and I think that us as a team is one of the most powerful duos I've seen and experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. So 
I know that the two of us could do amazing stuff if we continue to work together. With the new brewery that you're at right now? Yeah, with there, with anywhere we go, really. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I, I think that we have such a good dynamic that anything that we put our minds to, we could absolutely take on. That's a scary to have a like a dy- dynamic duo like, you know, like uh, Harding and Restbook or this, whatever. It's like, ooh, watch out. You know, like, you know, get into the beer game and stuff like that. It's you you got to be well known on social media and this is like who's making moves and stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on. You know, I want everyone to know, like, hey, don't be sleeping on Genevieve. You know, like she's doing big things, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I remember um, you always been talking about Yorkshire. I haven't been there yet, but um, the beers over there. What, what kind of beers that they have over there? So um, they specialize in English style Cascale. Mm-hmm. Um, they that was the first brewery in LA that I fell in love with mm-hmm. um, because it was the first time that I found a brewery that did um, at the time exclusively Cascale. They didn't even have CO2 on when I first started going there, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I begged them for a job. You know, I I was a, a restaurant manager by career at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, way overqualified probably for them to even consider and they they were like well you've never worked in craft beer and uh finally i broke them down to the point that they were like okay you know we'll we'll give you a couple of shifts we'll see how it goes and i i loved it you know they're getting to work with andy and drink his beer and getting to be part of the team and my first brewery experience i fell in love and I realized that that's what I want to do with my life is I want to be in the beer industry and I want to learn about, you know, what it takes to run a business. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were an excellent first place to start out. And they will always be in my heart as, you know, one of my favorite breweries in L.A. Mm-hmm. Because they they're doing something different and they're succeeding mm-hmm. and you said that one of your friends who was working there just got promoted at uh was it at beachwood um yes yeah so uh dario posted um just today that he's going to be the brewer over at uh, beachwood brewing mm-hmm. in long beach so i'm super excited for him that he's has that opportunity yes. he definitely deserves it he's worked so hard and you know, I know that Andy has done an excellent job training him and teaching him what he needs to know. And and every time I've talked to him about beer, he always knows what he's he's talking about. And he's always very passionate about wanting to make this his life. So it's great for him. Um, I, I don't know what's next for Yorkshire, but I'm sure that they will find, you know, some way to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. Like now looking back, um, where all these different breweries and knowing the insides and outs of everything, uh, is that is that a, is your dream to open a, a brew pub? Yes. Yeah. Oh. So um, I'm working on a business plan now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a pet project on the side, but I want to open up my own brewery. Um, I, I would really like to to have Robert with me on my team if mm. I could and. You know, I, I, there's a couple of other people that I would really like to be involved in it. And, and um, it's very much in its infant stages of us just saying, like, hey, how cool would it be to open up a brewery? Mm-hmm. But I hope to adapt that. Maybe by the time this airs, we'll be 
you know, well along uh, on that process. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're just going to kind of do that in our free time and, you know, get it going. And then one day we can have it. That's awesome. Like learning, having the experience of working all these breweries and the inside and outs, then you know what you're getting yourself into when you do open a, a brew pub and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, having the insight that I've had, helping be a part of three breweries in their infant stages, um, that's the best that I could possibly ask for. You know, I helped Liberation from day one um, of them opening up the tap room to the public. And um, with Yorkshire, I was there within the second half of their first year. Mm-hmm. And with Cynics, I'm there, you know, just before their second year. So all, all three of them, I've seen what it takes to start a business and to keep it open and mm-hmm. you know learned different tips and tricks from all of them mm-hmm. and uh, so I feel like I am progressively becoming equipped to be able to do it myself mm-hmm. especially with having a strong team with me you know mm-hmm. Robert's done um, considerably more than I have in the industry mm-hmm. he's been a lot around since you know craft beer started blowing up in LA yes so um you know, having his insight and his advice um, mm-hmm. and his amazing beer, it feels like we would be unstoppable. Yeah, that 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 is good. Um, with a lot of the breweries, like you know, when you, you live, in, we're living in San Diego, where you see a lot of breweries open and a lot of breweries closed down. I mean, we see the same thing of certain breweries like uh, Barley Forge was closing down, uh, LA uh, Beer Belly closed down. It's like, is it because they put all their all their eggs into one basket? Or, I mean, the beers could be good, but we don't know what's inside of what's going on. That's like, it's very scary to open breweries, you know, and stuff like that because you're putting so much money, but everyone wants to be like, you got to have the social media, you got to have the beer, you got the can and everything. Like, it's good that you're understanding the beer game and understanding the insides and outs and stuff like that, because you don't want to be open a brewery that after that, it closes down in a year or two and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I've, um, I've worked for a lot of businesses that have opened and closed, not just breweries, restaurants in particular. Mm -hmm. And, um, I found the most common issue is, uh, mismanagement by the owners yes um so you know all the places that i've worked for that have shut down they shut down because people weren't handling their books properly or you know maybe they weren't treating their staff well you know maybe they they didn't think towards the future enough or they thought that they could just go in and everything would be easy um but that's not the case at all. It's it's hard. It's like going into battle. You have to be ready to, you know, switch gears really quickly and you need to trust the right people and have a good foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a that's that's a very important that you said. Like you got to have a you got to build a foundation. You know, like um for example, like 10 miles you know, like they started, but look at they're already expanding. They made a steel craft. They could think about doing another, open up another tab. I mean, uh, Dan and Jesse, they were, I would talk to them a while back. We have to move our offices because we need the space to put our kegs to move that stuff into the Bellflower steel craft for the 10 miles, the tab room and stuff. And they're making moves. And that's where I always want to see like Liberation Blossom or, or your new brewery and Gardena Blossom and stuff like that. You know, it's like trying to get there. You're trying to working those steps and and having that dream that you know you do want to open a brew pub and everything and know the business and the beers and all that and even though um when you were working with eric and making the beers 
do you kind of like brew the beers? He's like, well, I like this hops for this, or you know, like there's different types of hops. Like, what kind of what kind of hops that that you like on, on your beers? Um, I definitely prefer beers that are more low key with the hops. I'm not a big hop head. I like dark beer and Belgian beer and. Mm-hmm. Um, so with those ones, you're, you're usually using stuff that's just kind of like an accent and not necessarily dominant, but if I had to pick a hop that I enjoy the most frequently, it's probably Citra hops. Mm. Those are pretty great. Um, just what about, 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 uh, sorry to say, uh, Simcoe, Galaxy? Um, I, I like Simcoe, um, it's a little piney for my taste, um, but like I would, I would opt for Mosaic probably over Simcoe. Like mm-hmm. uh, when I was at Liberation, the Audrey was my favorite IPA. Oh yeah. Um, and that one had the um, uh, Citra and Mosaic hops, which was a beautiful pairing. And every time I've had anything with a collaboration of hops, I like it. Like I, I love Mosaic and mm-hmm. I, I love Citra. Um, and you know when when a Galaxy is done right, phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, but it's really hard to find a good good galaxy i know eric was doing one for a while with the the someday and that one was really good mm-hmm. he makes some uh killer beers i think he just made like a oh like a oatmeal uh oatmeal stout beer it was really really good i was like whoa because like when all the beers um well i know with your beer I'm, i'll be there next week or this week but with liberation um my favorite was a john brown ale that one was my favorite too. Mm-hmm. The John Brown, I think, was a perfect execution of a brown ale mm-hmm. because um, clean. Yes, it was clean. Um, it had the right level of nuttiness, mm-hmm. and you know the body was good. It it was it hit, checked all the boxes for me. Mm-hmm. And when I was uh, when I was leaving San Diego, I was obsessing over Browns at the time. Yes. So um, you know I I've had a lot of Browns, and. His is definitely the best by far. That's what I always said. I get, I get, I, I always get flack for it. Like, why them? Like, you didn't try to, like, dude, hands down. I mean, it's clean. It has that taste. I mean, I rarely drink brown ales. When I think of, like, a brown ale, I think of Newcastle. But when they got bought out, the taste was not there no more. So having that brown ale at Liberation was, like, like the best. Even their Cyclone Racer, their double IPA was so good. Yeah. Like, delicious. Or when they have the white rose. You know, a lot of good beers and, uh, you know, now having that, that milk stout, you know, like the nitro, it's, it's really, really good. Yeah, Eric makes phenomenal beer. Um, you know, between him and Robert, I've been so lucky to work with two very, very talented brewers. And, you know, their beer styles that they do are very different. You know, mm-hmm. Robert focuses on doing like really crazy things. You know, yeah. uh, Eric calls him the monster for a reason. And that's because he, <laughs> he puts in an insane amount of hops into his beer. You know, he, he dry hops it with like just more hops than most brewers would even dream of. Uh, and what it does is it makes his beer so complex um, that it tells a story. And I feel like if there's anybody who's ever going to replicate that that um, Ballast Point Sculpin experience, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be something that Robert puts out. That's what's up. Yeah, that's the... why I want to stick by him because I know that if anybody's going to adapt my palate and help me you know, discover something that's, changes the state of the industry it's gonna be him he's gonna be the one to do it i'll follow him i'll tag me on him so i can follow him because i want to keep my i want to keep an eye on him because you're you're i mean i want to see what he's doing because now i'm very intrigued you know like 
if you're watching closely of the, of the stuff that he's doing, it's like, okay, that's something good, you know, and everything. Um, I know we're almost getting to the end right now. Um, with you, uh, what's your future now? What's your what's your idea of what should we uh, be looking forward to down the road with you? Well, definitely keep an eye on to see what I do as far as getting towards opening my own brew pub. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously it takes a long time, and yeah, but... I I intend to, as soon as I have something solid, I'm going to start advertising and developing it. And then as far as uh, in the meantime, uh, I, I'm just going to keep pushing myself forward in industry. I'm going to keep looking for opportunities that allow me to improve myself and learn more from them. And I just want to help other breweries accomplish their dreams, mm-hmm. you know. I have a lot of abilities and talents that I know would be really beneficial to people who who want to develop their dream but just don't know how. Mm-hmm. And, you know, take advantage of it. I, I, I want to, to make that possible for someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to keep doing that as long as I can. So mm-hmm. That's the, the career that I've chosen is I want to be in the beer industry and I want to help bring amazing beer to the masses and I want to help get people excited about beer and keep it going because that's why we're all here is to mm-hmm. is to keep it going and to develop excitement mm-hmm. that's a, yeah that's that's really true well we see that with Budweiser and these big harbor and all that they're just corporate just monopolizing trying to buy all these big crafter breweries and and try you know what they always there was rumors saying that we're going to kill the craft beer in three to five years. And now they're buying all these beer farms and hops and everything and giving all the leftovers to the craft beers where it's like, you know, either you come with us or you sink or swim, you know, and stuff like that, you know. And, I mean, the whole story with Stones, how they started, you know, the story is like, okay, like, you didn't give us help. Well, F you. But now look at Stones. Now you have Budweiser and these big corporates knocking at Stones' doors. Like, hey, we want to give you a billion dollars and stuff. Like, nah. So what? So we can monopolize, like, what happened with Ballast Point? There's, there's no way. You know, and that in Stones, they make the beers, but also they distribute different types of craft beers from the small breweries and stuff like that. You know, that's always going to be a big important to us, you know? Yeah, I definitely, um, I've talked with other people in the industry about, you know, what do you do if you get offered a bunch of money to sell or, you know, if you try to get, if some bigger company tries to gobble you up so that they can, you know, get rid of more the craft beer. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people are on the same page that it's not about making money. None of us are in craft beer to make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, it'd be nice, but really we're in it because we're passionate about it we're in it because we love beer because we want to you know have that culture be a part of our society and um you know we have so many wonderful friends in the Mm -hmm. industry and you know it it is something so simple but yet so wonderful at the end of the day you get to sit down and have a fantastic beer and you know listen to the symphony of flavors and it's it's something that I don't think I will ever stop being passionate about Mm -hmm. that's good to know well I just want to say um thank you for coming on the Mega Man's podcast um do you have any uh last words or any shout outs before we log off 
Um, just to say, you know, to all the people that have given me the opportunities in the industry and have taught me, I really appreciate all that they've done. Um, you know, especially Danny, Eric, Robert, you know, the three of them um, have all been really close friends and I wouldn't be anywhere in this industry if it weren't for them. And, you know, and of course Yorkshire too, they were the ones that first got me in the door. And I, I appreciate all of them and all that I've learned from them. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Um, like I said, thank you for coming on. Um, or where can they follow you at on Instagram? So my Instagram handle is uh, V-I-E-V-Y-R, like Viver. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can also look me up by my name. There's not a lot of Genevieve's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, what's the Instagram for the brewery? The brewery is uh, Zimix Brewing. Uh-huh. X-I-M-I-X-B-R-E-W-I-N-G. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I just want to say, um, having you on, getting to know you, understanding you um f- from your life but also from the from the beer talks and everything it's 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 very um it's awesome to get to know you more and understand you uh, what your dream and what your ideals are and i feel like to me you're very important in the craft beer industry you know for women and stuff and uh i just want to say for you coming on the mega mass podcast you're like family so um what i'll do whatever i can to support you no matter what um, there's one thing I always uh, say, like you could be in the family, but also um, every time I have a guest on the podcast, um, I always want to keep tabs and, and, and follow uh, the people who have on and the journeys and their futures of what, you know, whatsoever. And uh, I'm going to support you all the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, welcome. Uh, subscribe to the Mega Man's podcast. Uh, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you could find my podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, uh, Podbean, and uh, whatsoever podcast platform you can find. Um, you can find my podcast page on Instagram at the Mega Man's Podcast. Um, also, my personal page at Mega Man Six Nine Eight Zero, and also. So uh, other than that, Genevieve, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. All right. We're out, guys. Uh, That's it because I'm going to drink the tea. And right now, we're out. Later, guys.